1: Hello, hello, Spartans, and thank you for choosing the one and only Sacred Icon Podcast here on Sacred Saturday. Just like Jafar, we have returned, and we are back with episode 123, Shouty Brian recently hit me up with the idea for this one, and upon hearing it, I guess you could say I was infatuated. <laughs> so let's simmer down, settle into our chairs. Sip on our Capri Suns in this goblin sweat weather. Crack that spine open and get learnings. I'm your co-host, Jester Joshi, and join with me as always is my buddy, my pal, and my friend, Mr. Brainiac, Brian.
0: Brian, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I've got Fucking my little encyclopedia out. I'm I'm doing more reading than I ever did in school, and you can see that my talents are being put to good use. Yeah, we're getting edumacated, <laughs> edumacated, edumacated. So guys, basically how this is going to work is for about an hour, Josh and I are going to comb through different things we find interesting in the Halo Encyclopedia, and basically we'll read off what it says in the encyclopedia, and then we'll just kind of chat about it. Um, for those of you that don't know, the encyclopedia covers like literally everything in Halo. It's huge, and there's zero zero chance that we would cover everything at any point ever in this thing. It's
1: 488
0: pages yeah. And you're gonna if you already own Blue the encyclopedia doggy. and you're listening to us, you're gonna wonder why when this episode's over that we missed so many bombshells. Well, it's because there's so much in here. I mean, we're literally gonna be covering not even not even a twentieth probably today. Um, we're just gonna talk about a couple things we each found interesting. You'll hear the pages turn probably, um, and we're gonna just uh, I don't know see if we find anything. It's, you guys, it's kind of crazy because I feel like I've looked through this a lot now since I've got
1: it. I've had it for about a month, and. There's still stuff in here I feel like I haven't looked over. Like, I did a, a, a comb-over when yeah. I first got it, and I'm still... Like, I guess I just kind of didn't pay attention to stuff as much. But, wow. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, so I thought I thought we'd start with... Uh, I found particularly Cortana, but the, the character pages for Master Chief and Cortana I thought were pretty interesting. So What page is it, Brian? Uh, that is page 85... Or 86, my bad.
1: 86! For those of you 86, listening with your encyclopedia... Japanese you encyclopedics. Okay. Over there.
0: Eighty. 86. Right. Eighty six. Okay, right. eighty-six. Okay, cool, cool. So I'm gonna read this. Oh, blur- it's the weapon. I found, yeah, I found, I found the Cortana page a little more interesting. I'm gonna read the, the blurb about Master Chief, and then we'll kind of talk about it. So it says, so for those of you who don't know, Master Chief, uh, he weighs two hundred and eighty-six pounds. God damn! I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's without the, yeah, of course, duh, of course that's without the armor. Uh, that's like, that's like a hundred pounds of muscle. I mean, at I least. would know, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's a lot because well, the armor weighs like a crap ton. Um, He's 7 foot 2 inches. Um, And, okay, so here's what it says about Master Chief. It says, Considered by most to be a living legend, the Master Chief was the single most important individual during the Covenant War, not only because he played a decisive role in ending the conflict, but because he embodied a symbol of unwavering hope in humanity's darkest hour. Stoic, undaunted, professional, and intensely focused on the task at hand, this Spartan inspired awe like a mythological hero from ancient history, but with the formative presence of an armored tank. While proficient in all aspects of infantry tactics, as well as the basics of variable gravity aerospace combat, one of John 117's most remarkable skills is leadership. His ability to effectively direct operational detachments ranging in size from fire teams to full strength battalions, toward the end of the war, UNSC personnel at all levels generally deferred to John 117's experience and strategic intellect, giving him a level of authority that far outstripped his actual rank. He often leads Blue Team, a Spartan strike team that has existed in one form or another since the first days of the Covenant War. Last part, guys. As a soldier of few words, the Master Chief's preference for action over discourse is sometimes viewed as recklessness, though this is as as much a product of his raw determination as it is a facet of Spartan II indoctrination and training. John 117 prioritizes the mission above all else. Although he is very protective of his fellow Spartans, he is well aware of the need to defend humanity no matter the cost. He has chosen to embrace this sacrifice and expects nothing less of those who serve with him throughout his extensive military career. John 117 has accomplished numerous feats and displayed an unyielding courage. That is nothing short of extraordinary long years of war. However, have given the Spartan a somber and serious mode of thought, but has not broken his resilience or weakened his commitment to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. So pretty cool. Yeah. So this is where my mind went. This is where I, I find the, the interesting discussion to be, um, and, and I know from being in the community long enough that some people disagree with me on this, but I want to see what you think, Josh. Reading this and reading about who Master Chief is, a character, what, what embodies him, and the one thing that I find amazing about 20 years of Halo and being at Bungie and at 343 is I feel like they've never dropped the ball on Master Chief as a character at any point. I don't think any game or any book or anything... Oh, I guess I know... <laughs> I'm going to say it before people listening are shouting it. The Halo TV show, Brian. The Halo TV show. Okay, that's <laughs> not, not canon, in this guys. Book. He's not. In yeah, that's not, not. That's yet. not canon. So, <laughs> ignore the TV show. But uh, uh, yeah, well, I feel like they have always represented Chief as the character that I've known him to be. Even in Halo Five, which was often seen by the community as the, as the lowest point of the series, I still thought Master Chief acted like himself, acted like he would. Do you agree, Josh, or do you think he's he's gotten a little off? I mean, he's what, gotten
1: a little off, but at the same time, okay. I don't know. He's got his moments, too, where he's still similar, you know, and stuff.
0: Give me, so give me a moment I don't where you really, thought he was really out of character. or all. In the
1: Halo series? Yeah. Oh, man. Taking the helmet off, like, every second.
0: Are you talking about the show again?
1: Yeah, I just asked you. The Halo series? You said, yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. No, just ignore the show. Ignore the show. Oh, in the uh, game. probably
1: the, just right away in Halo 5, negative infinity, I don't like it. It's like, yeah, okay. that's probably
0: one of the But honestly,
1: place. outside of that, yeah. no, nah, he was probably the same. I gotta say, though, as a sucker for statistics and stuff, I am still, like, Locked onto his weight because at 286, uh, without the armor, I wish I could look that fucking good. I'd look like a baked potato at 286.
0: Well, dude, just, I already looked sure. like a baked potato. Like, well, I'm, that's pretty impressive. Sure there's, I'm pretty sure there's a, a video of Steve Downs saying that he plays a character with he says something like with a ton of muscle and wears armor, fights humanity, and then at the end, he's like and has zero percent body fat. And then Steve Downs is like, "I am not that person." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like like, holy shit! I mean, he has zero percent body fat, two eighty six, and he's just fucking jacked. Man, we should
1: all be so lucky. I'm so envious right now.
0: Yeah, put put it away from that. I'm going to feel bad. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) To put it in perspective, I'll I'll just put myself on the spot here. Sure, I'm six foot four, so I am eight inches shorter. Wait, no, no, that's wrong. I am ten inches shorter than Master Chief. Okay, and I weigh, and I'm, I'm not. I'm relatively thin. I'm not overweight, and I'm not very muscular. I weigh 210 pounds, so I am 10 inches shorter and 76 pounds lighter. So you got to figure. I mean, the height accounts for height counts for a lot of like the the more weight, mm-hmm. but he's also just basically remove any fat on my body and replace that with muscle, and he's got to be you know 100 plus pounds of pure muscle.
1: <laughs> Wonder what Chief would think of a hamburger. If he ever tasted one, but he's probably
0: never mm. had time. But man, I don't know. Maybe like when that that that'd make him it make him like more emotional. You know, it's like him and Cortana <laughs> compromised, <laughs> Compro- <laughs> compromised by a whopper taste buds. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I mean, okay, I guess I guess Josh disagrees a little bit, but I would say overall, for the you most, say, I'm, I'm like ninety five percent, ninety five percent. Yeah, it's incredible that they have kept the integrity of this character. For so long, and I think we can give now. Bear with me. I think we can give a pass to him not uh, keeping his integrity as a character in this in the Halo series, the TV show, because they purposely they purposely changed his character and kind of ruined the integrity of what he was because they made it in a different timeline. Like that was intentional. So, within the canon of Halo, the the way they've the way they've maintained him is is really impressive. I'm trying to think what's a, what's a series, Josh? Can you think of either in a TV show, movie, or game? Where the character just got you started to feel like this isn't the character that it used to be, you know. Like oh, I don't know. Of, I, don't I was thinking to... of Ellen Ripley from Aliens. Aliens? I guess I could see that. I guess like, I could see that. Who she is in one and two, and then three is a little weird. And then I mean, eight I'd eight probably four, say the like... recent
1: Jurassic World, unfortunately, because which character? It's such a well. I'd probably say Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, yeah. Ian Malcolm, the the original three. I mean, as fun as that movie is, it's just it's so it's like Fast and Furious Jurassic as opposed to like this is a blockbuster. Like, yeah. cinematic experience that tells a story of characters. Uh, but, uh, man, uh, dude, I'm looking on 105, and it's got pictures of fucking Vice Admiral Whitcomb and Stanforth and Admiral yeah. Cole. Like, I, it's kind of dope as I'm looking through this. I've never even known what some of these people looked like
0: before. So, damn, it's got shit on everyone. Yeah, I mean, there's so many characters in here. I, I thought about re- going through the characters, but I'm like, there's just too many for... It's just thing. too much. Podcast. It's just too much. <laughs> um, but they did... I, Admiral Parangonsky, like the actress they got to play her in the series is pretty good compared to the illustration here.
1: Oh, is she... What page is she on? Oh, I right see her right now. Same,
0: same page. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The
1: actress in real life looks way better. And she does well, a fantastic
0: yeah. job. True, true. Of course. But they're, they're, you can see they were what they were going for is kind of what yeah. I mean. Um, okay, so the thing I found a little more interesting was the the stuff about Cortana... Because I actually have a lot to say about this once it's read through. Do you want me to read it, Josh, or do you want to read it? Oh, no. Go for it. You can read it. Okay. So, yeah, I got, I got a lot to say about this, guys. This, co- this covers Cortana and the weapon all in kind of one blurb. So, it says, An unbound uh, volitional AI originally designed by Catherine Halsey, Cortana represents the remarkable pairing of extremely advanced software intrusion programming with the charisma, relatability, and anthropomorphic advantages of a human personality. I don't know this word, uh, acerbic, acerbic, A C E R Acerbic, I think. Acerbic, witty, and confident about her unique cap- capabilities, Cortana served alongside John 117 in the final weeks of the Covenant War during the pivotal Halo event that ultimately brought about the conflict's end. Cortana's chosen holographic avatar is a woman with blue skin covered in scrolling data symbols. Hell yeah! The selection of this avatar was not arbitrary, as it closely resembles a young Halsey who secretly created the AI using her own brain's neural template Procured through illegal flash cloning procedures. While this Naughty. methodology was extremely controversial for those who knew it, knew of it, Halsey's mind is one reason Cortana was the most powerful AI ever developed by humanity. Capable of transferring her core personality to any computer system of sufficient complexity and processing power, she theoretically had access to unlimited resources. However, like all other smart AIs, Cortana's life was governed by a seven-year perimeter, at the end of which she would need to be terminated to prevent an unavoidable descent into the chaotic madness of rampancy. And then it has one final paragraph at the bottom here about the weapon. It says, After, Korset, Korset, <laughs> Korset. <laughs> After Cortana's descent into rampancy and escape into the boundless plains of the domain, the only thing capable of stopping her madness was another just like her. Using surviving components from Cortana's original activation, Halsey created a new AI in the former one's image, this time with the sole purpose of destroying the original. When the Banished unexpectedly arrived at Zeta Halo, however, Cortana destroyed herself in a pyric act of contrition, attempting to save whatever remained of humanity. The newly created weapon would now serve the Master Chief fighting the Banished across the Ring World. So this is what I find really interesting, guys, and I think what I'm going to say might come off a little controversial. I will say that I believe I am right, but I don't have any proof. I, I guess, I, I mean, part of my opinion is the proof is here, but, like, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys get back to me and what you think about it. But So, when they decided to make the decision to, for Cortana to go evil in 5, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like it was out of nowhere. It really upset people the way it was done. It just didn't feel interesting or earned or deserved. Um, but if you remember, if you go back before Halo 4 even came out, Halo fans knew what rampancy was. We knew that rampancy was seven-year lifespan, and when you go rampant... If you don't delete the AI, it's going to go rampant. It's was Rampancy
1: a bungee thing? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, that was a bungee thing. Okay. So so basically, like, you knew that Rampancy was going to be this terrible thing where the AI basically went crazy and killed herself by overthinking and, and all that, and we even saw that in Halo Legends before Halo 4 came out. You saw, like, her dealing with Rampancy a bit and stuff like that, talking to Chief Wise in a cryopod, and then you get to Halo 4, and the whole story of Halo 4 is her descending into madness as she goes rampant. Um, and then at the end of Halo 4, she saves Master Chief, and, you know, when she saves Master Chief, she's in that, like, little bubble she's kept him in, that hard light cube, and she's like, you know, most of me's down there with the rest of it, and she's like, I'm not coming with you this time, and then you get to Halo 5, and you found out that she went with the, she went through the portal that the Didact fell into, and came out on Genesis, and found the domain, and found a way to sustain her life, um, and then that's when she goes crazy. Well, after Halo Five came out, you had a lot of people speculating why she was evil, why she done, she did things. Some people said it was Rampancy. Some people said she just decided to become evil. Some people said that it was the Logic Plague from the Grave Mind. And I've done a lot of research on that myself because I wanted to know. But I've also asked several three-four-three employees you know, over time about this question, and and it was a unified answer. Uh, for the most part, between 343 developers, and I now get confirmation, in my opinion here, in the in the uh, encyclopedia. And there's also a couple other places in the encyclopedia that confirm this. I don't know if we'll get to today or not, but basically, you know what it says here, let me reread this part. It says, um, however, like all other smart AI, Cortana's life was governed by a seven-year perimeter, at the end of which she would need to be terminated to prevent an unavoidable descent into the chaotic madness of Rampancy. Mm-hmm. After Cortana's descent into Rampancy and escape into the boundless plains of the domain, the only thing capable of stopping her madness was another just like her. So, Cortana was going rampant in Halo 4. And what happened, you know, at as Halo 4's ending and into Halo 5, as Cortana has went rampant. She's not thinking clearly. She's not herself. It's Rampancy has deteriorated her mind, deteriorated her capabilities. She's becoming someone else because it's the end of her lifespan. That's what happens with AI. Okay. Now, the, the only twist in the story here is that she accessed the domain, which kept her alive. So now a rampant Cortana that is chaotic and has lost her mind mm-hmm. now is not going to die. Like, if she hadn't have found the domain, she would have just descended into rampancy and died. So she finds the domain, and it grants her you know, life so that she's not going to die, and her entirety and i'm not saying it was pulled off well in halo 5 or conveyed well obviously the fact that i'm explaining this um but cortana went rampant guys like that's that's why she was evil that's why she made these decisions she went rampant and then she found something that kept Like her it wasn't life. like
1: it just she just woke up and chose violence right Yeah
0: exactly so like and i know that like halo 5 doesn't portray it well but like if you're playing through the series and you're like man they did cortana dirty and i think that's a fair opinion in some ways because the way they conveyed her her and 5 was just I just really don't think it was that well done. But, like, if you think of your Cortana from Halo 1 and 2 and 3, you know, in Halo 2, she's like, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not a megalomaniac. You know, she says stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. you you develop feelings for this character. And then you get, especially Halo 4, you know, it's so emotional. And then you get to 5 and you feel like, oh, man, they just ruined her character. Well, they didn't really ruin her character. They, they, They followed through on what you know the, the the lore of AI's are she went rampant you know master chief talks to the pilot in infinite and he's like you know I should have I should have stopped Cortana I should have protected her you know master chief shouldn't have allowed her to do what she did at the end of 4 and go but to But it the was domain emotionally compromised and, and cause all this all this pro- all these problems right so like and then when you and it actually kind of helps me with what Infinite does, too, because what Infinite does is it shows that she's clearly still rampant. She's clearly still uh, descended. She descended into madness. Yeah. Like, you see her, like, telling the monitor to shut up and snapping her fingers. You see her, like, <laughs> talking talking bad to Atriox and destroying his planet of Love uh, it. Dosac. All that. And then and then at the end, you know, one of the common phrases, you, you, can, see, you can hear the passion pouring out of my voice for this stuff, right? Because, like, I... I love what they've done here because yeah. it's unfortunate that Halo 5 took the route it did, but like here's what they did. What's one of the most common phrases of Halo Infinite? It's the whole thing with Cortana saying, if you knew where you were going to die, how would you live differently? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, it's like she knew she was gonna die in Halo 4, and she did everything she could to help Master Chief. So that's 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 who she was as a character. Then she gets then as she's rampant, she gets the domain which lets her continue to live forever. And she's she's rampant. She's descended into madness. She can live forever, and she starts to do crazy things like you know try to patrol the universe and and all this kind of stuff and and and, and kill people, take take down planets. But then he's nuts, Brian. Oh, okay. I'll take him down to the floor. I'll step on him, curb stomp him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Open the um, door. Take the nuts to the floor. Everybody see, walk. It's a good the thing darkness.
0: you guys have Josh to 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 interject there and and end my my. No, keep of, going, Brian. I'm seriously no. loving listening. That's I'm, I'm um, turning my my pages. So so then in Halo Infinite, what you get to, you get to a point in Halo Infinite where you, you discover through the story that um basically, you know, the infinity arrives, the banished arrives, um Cort- or, uh, the weapon is deployed, and Cortana's stuck. She is stuck on Zeta Halo, she's trapped, she's gonna be she's gonna be taken down, mm. and she decides, you know, she asks she asks Atriox in that scene, she says if you knew you're going to if you knew you were going to die, would you live it differently? And I and he and I think Atriox says something like, um, I wouldn't change anything. And then she's like, Okay, thanks. Like <laughs> that's, that's why I needed that's why I needed to know.
1: Bron, what and, I, uh, I can't remember that story you told me, but it's the one where someone in your family was like, Thanks. Thanks.
0: Oh, oh, like I'm forgetting that? the story.
1: Was it Creighton? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but I remember. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. No, yeah. The story we told in the podcast with the whole, like, the fart in the bathroom. (laughs) Thanks. I just make sure Cortana's saying, thanks. Thanks. Um, But so then, so then, like, basically what she does is she decides, she learns Cortana's in a position where she's going to die. She knows it. How would you live? If you knew you were going to die, how would you live differently? So what she decides to do now that she's going to die is she's going to use her last bit of time to destroy herself. And break the ring to stop the banished from taking control of it. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of what you discover through Infinite. And then she's, you know... The one thing I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not too sure about it, is she says to Chief, like, she's like, I hope you too, referring to the weapon, like, learn from my mistakes. But and I'm like, that's kind of corny. And I'm also like, well, your mistakes were because you were rampant. It wasn't because, like, you decided to right. do those things so much, but... You know, it's very convoluted, kind of the way they, they, they brought it across, but long it's story short, guys.
1: Well, it's nice to hear, because, I mean, it's like, yeah. you go back and you replay those games, it kind of enhances that. Then I can uh, yeah. enjoy. I can get through it a little bit better, knowing, like, she didn't wake up and just choose, like, to be bad. She's just exactly. got some shit fucking her up right now.
0: It, and it doesn't make any sense that she would just choose to be bad. That's what's one of the things that made Halo 5 so hard to swallow, because it just didn't convey that well. And I, like I said, if you guys get 1 No, everything faded to black before it started to convey anything. That's true, too. As much as I love it. As much that's as I love the game. If you guys get this Halo Encyclopedia, there is at least three places I've already read through it. You know, there's at least three places where it says Corsana. Cor- Man, I cannot say her name. Dang, we got Corsana at home, and it's a low budget Dollar General. Yeah, Corsana. Corsana. Yeah. Cursana. Like Cursana. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says at least three different points that she descended into madness, yeah. and that that is the reason for her for the chaos. That is why she acted the way she did. I'm you right. know, and the, the domain just gave her more power, basically. That did. Um, and, and also. Uh, and as I said, I've I've had t- I've talked to several three four three employees that have said that was always the plan. That's why she acted the way she did. And I've also, and this is what really frustrates me. I said this on Twitter, and people still were telling me I'm wrong. But Logic Plague has nothing to do with Cortana at all. Not only does it, is it, Ryan? Can you it say like, TLDR Logic Plague to me? TLDR, you know the whole like medicant bias thing where he goes and has like a seven year conversation with the oh yeah the grave mind yeah. That's what the Grave Mind does to um, Medican Bias. Is he does the logic plague, where he basically like continues to throw so much information at him and hit him with so much, I guess, logic. You could say that he begins to think differently and he he doesn't act as himself. Like, because remember, Medican oh, Bias
1: like that was, time in 2014 when you talked to me about Halo Four.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> you hit yeah. me with that logic plague. Logic plague. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that works. Yeah, but like like for instance, you know, like Medicin Bias was sent to stop the flood, and then when and then like after seven years or whatever, Medicin Bias comes back with the flood. This is back in the in the four hundred novels. Yeah. Remember Medicin Bias turned on his masters? That's yep, because perfect. the Grave Mine did the logic plague on him. Okay. So some people thought that Cortana acted the way she did in Five because she was stuck with the Gravemind after Halo Two and he did the logic plague on her. But not only is there nowhere in any book or game anywhere that says she was affected by Logic Plague. But if you look at the timeline of the games, she was with the Gravemind for, I don't even know if she was with him for a month. Okay. I mean, like, barely, barely any time. And Cortana's extremely, you know, intelligent, most intelligent AI ever. So, and I've I've also been told that from the 343 dev employee that, like, there's That's no... That's not the case. There's no Logic Plague. I gotcha. Not, yeah, so, but once again, I will be fair and say, like, I always hate when I'm, like, And I've actually seen something making the rounds on Twitter right now um, where somebody says, oh, I heard this from a 343 employee. This is fact. And then, you know, if you're not that person, then you just go, well, it doesn't really mean much to me. Like your word, you're just saying. And obviously, you know, but anyway, so guys, I really think that there's a lot here to paint that picture of of why she acts the way she does. Good to have that it,
1: extra context. And I like, it has pictures, I mean,
0: yeah. which I love. <laughs> yeah. <it> was, <laughs> like, I remember yeah. there was a Star Wars encyclopedia way back that had so
1: few pictures, and it was just text, and I was like... Oh, uh, no thanks to that. I don't... You know, if I'm going to read a book that's not a novel, I want, like, yeah. some pictures in there, too, so it helps. But uh, I actually have something to say. What's the... um? I can't pronounce the damn species of the... Uh, what's the... Oh, my God! The harbinger. What's the harbinger species? Uh, The
0: uh, xalanin.
1: Zalanin, okay. Yep. There's a bit, uh, this is on page 486, right near the back end of it. that um, kind of expunges on that. I'm going to try to read through this pretty fast for you guys, but this is just pretty cool. What is it again? The Zalanin? Zalanin. Just pretend it's a Z instead
0: of an X. Zalanin, okay. Yeah.
1: The Zalanin are an animatic civilization of alien creatures who mysteriously survived the firing of the Halo Array 100 millennia ago. Incredibly little is known about their nature, Through uh, though careful observation indicates that they somehow have the ability to ma- manipulate various forces and energy types in unique ways, including perhaps most troublingly, a peculiar attunement to elements of living time itself, though to what extent is unknown. They're clearly a highly intelligent sapient species who, following imprisonment at the hands of the forerunners at Zeta Halo, were suddenly set free from their captivity by the alien, alien- alliance Jesus Christ, I can't read. Known as the Banished. Then it says, When the remaining Forerunners ventured out to reseed life in the galaxy following the array's activation, they found what should not exist. Something had, in fact, survived Halo. With the Forerunners' time in the galaxy up Path Tolgrith rapidly coming to an end, they realized that their plan to pass on the mantle of responsibility to humanity was suddenly in great peril. The Xanolin represented an unforeseen factor, an acute imbalance that could not be allowed to let be left unchecked while the rest of the galaxy species began to recover and evolve. With this reality in mind, a great judgment was rendered. The Forerunners took Zeta Halo to the Xanolin homeworld and brought aboard a host of individuals, including their ruling class, under the guise of a parley. With the Auditorium, the Xanolin were sentenced to exile. In time, the installation's Monitor and other Forerunner constructs ran tests on their species in hopes to unlock the secrets of their survival. If they were immune to Halo, might they also be immune to the Flood itself? There were questions that needed answers, and using Zeta Halo's unique capabilities, many a vestige of its older design, the Forerunners prepared to conceal this final terrible sin. So there's a little bit more on that stuff, but it's just nice. Like When I read that, it completely made me like accept the whole Xanolin Harbinger stuff in Infinite mm-hmm. because when I first played it I'm like oh great like I've said this before but it's another in Ancient Evil Awakens yeah. this is another nice way to at least like this even is more well done in my opinion it's more well done I agree and I also think like they, they say here some at some part like uh, to what extent is unknown and incredibly, incredibly little is known about their nature it's like of course because you guys probably don't have that all figured yet out yet or you're trying yeah. to figure out how to tell that story but at the same time it's nice that they actually put some exposition to something so recent in that book, I thought that
0: was. Really yeah, I, I got a lot. I got a lot to say about that. Yeah, let me it. let me clarify too, real quick. I said that like it's more well done here. I can just hear people listening to the podcast saying like, "Are you kidding me, Brian?" Like the foreigner no. stuff and the the stuff and the didactic stuff was so much better done. Well, like if you if you my ass. If you if you see it, if like if you look at it like with all the material we have, like the novels and stuff, like yeah. yeah, it's a lot more fleshed out. There's a lot more there to the Didact or or the Forerunner conflict. But I'm saying, you know, what's one of the complaints that 343's got since they started? It's it's not explaining enough in the game, not letting stuff be self-contained in the game. I feel like the way they portrayed the endless, the the Zalanin here in Halo Infinite is doing it right. It's kind of like the flood in Halo 1, where it's like You know a little bit about them, but you don't really know anything. That's kind of what it is here with the Zalanin. and it's in a way that I can appreciate the Harbinger, whereas the Didact, I was just like, you know, you just don't know really much at all about the Didact or why he's doing what he's doing unless you have read, you've read the books. And and I will say, like we said with the with Haruspis on the retrospective, um, you can. I still believe you can play Halo Four and understand what's going on. You know, he's a bad guy trying to hurt humanity like you you don't need to read the books to understand that game Mm -hmm. but to really to really get a lot out of that character in a way that's meaningful it's it's based so much around extended material where the where the harbinger here they've given us just the right amount of what you should find and discover in the game and i just i feel like halo infinite is like it's so tough right now josh because the conversation at least on twitter with Halo fans is that Halo Infinite's a disappointment, but it's just so hard for me because I feel like they've taken, I feel like 343's taken 10 years of criticism and fixed almost all the issues, you know? Oh, yeah. Major issue, major issue was the art style. They fixed it. Major issue was the gameplay not feeling Halo enough. They fixed that. Uh, major issue was boss battles are just, they're either not fun like the word Eternal or they're QTEs like Didact. They fixed that by putting a slew of amazing bosses in this game. Um, stuff that they they, they uh, got complaints about, stuff not being explained properly within the game. I think they've done that with the Harbinger and the Banished. Like, they've corrected most all of their issues here. It's just, you know, because of the content lacking and some of the modes missing, people just snowball the whole thing. But, man, it's done so I well. I
1: know. Only Sith deals in absolutes. Absolutely. That shit.
0: Dude, uh, <laughs> that absolute. at the end
1: of Halo 5, I, I'm asking because I'm genuinely forgetting, and what I'm about okay. to say may sound may come across as dumb. Uh, what What happened with Osiris? Like they were all together, Osiris right? They were all together. They got with Chief and everything. They were all together. Yeah, they, they, they,
0: they, they, together. Yeah, they went to San Helios with Halsey. Yeah. And then if you read the book, um, I got a. It's on my shelf. It's either New Blood or Bad Blood. I think it's Bad Blood. Um, Buck gets back. Buck gets back with um, Dare, and he gets back with his ODST team. Oh, that's, Osiris, right. that's right. Okay. And then Osiris is just down to Tanaka, Vale, and. Okay, I was just gonna Lyon. say, I'm glad you. I'm glad I asked you
1: because. It says here on this section about Osiris, in its current configuration, Osiris includes Jameson Locke, Holly Tanaka, and Olympia Vale. That's right, I yep. completely forgot about that book taking place after. Okay. Man. Um, another cool thing, or unless you want to go next. No, right? no, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm still flipping through this fucking... It's neat. So, I love that they even got stuff from Halo Wars in here, too. Like, I can clearly oh. distinguish when it's Halo Wars aesthetics, but, like, it's really cool to see that in here.
0: Yeah, they, they really went all out with this encyclopedia. Guys, if you don't have this encyclopedia and you've considered it, it is absolutely worth your money. If you get it off Amazon, I think I got it for like thirty-three dollars shipped for it's free. It's not that bad. Bro. It's a huge book. With and it's like these pages are not cheap to print. These are like really quality images and, and pages. Yeah, um so I got a couple things to tie together here. Um so in the artificial intelligences section of the encyclopedia, this would be page one oh eight, Josh. One oh eight, that sounds great. Now you'll see Roland at the top, just ignore him. Oh man! Oh, I'm turning the page. We're not here to talk about. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tie a couple things together here. So Halo Infinite, it had its own type of novel, like Fall of Reach that came before it, called Shadows of Reach. We've talked about it before here on the podcast. We Josh and I have read it. What was that one um, thing in the book? Let le- the cheddar, le- 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 let your light or oh, the, let you deteriorate or your,
1: whatever. <laughs> your, I'm not going to try to pronounce it.
0: Yeah, that's the worst part about the book. <laughs> um. That needs to be, like they need to revise that book and remove like 800 instances of that word. Yeah. Dude. Um, But yeah, so something that's really cool, right? And, and they actually, they they to go back to what I was saying, they did a good job of conveying this in Halo Infinite as well, because you know in Halo Infinite how you can collect those audio logs? Yeah. There's Which four I'm audio there? logs. There's four audio logs that you get no matter what. You don't even have to find them at the top of your audio log menu, mm-hmm. and the audio logs tell you... uh, some of the story from Shadows of Reach so that you can get that context within the game. But, basically, to gloss over a lot, the main purpose of Shadows of Reach is that Master Chief and Blue Team are going back to the planet Reach to go into Castle Base and get another copy of Halsey's brain so that they can make the weapon for Halo Infinite. But while they're down there, they discover remnants of Cortana's older sister, and I might mispronounce her name, Kalmia? You see Kalmia on that page, Josh? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I turned I'm it. On, I'm on uh, 108. Them, no, it's okay. 108. Um, I hope I'm not mispronouncing her name. Kalmia? Yeah. Kalmia, yeah. yeah. So Kalmia is the original Cortana, like bef- like the, the original prototype bef- off of Halsey's brain before she like figured things out and got Cortana made. Yeah. And I always find this character to be extremely interesting, and every time I hear more about her, I'm like, can we see her in-game somehow? Like I, She's pretty much dead, even though there's like remnants of her... like. Memory or something like that in Shadows of Reach. I'd have to read it again, but it's just really interesting. If you guys don't know who Calmia is, um, like I said, she's the first version of Cortana, which she's seen as like Cortana's older sister. I'm going to read yeah. the blurb about her real yeah, go quick. For it. it says, "A remarkable third-generation smart AI, Calmia uh, was created to test techniques and algorithms that Dr. Catherine Halsey would later refine for Cortana. As part of this research, Kalmia was decompiled, selectively edited." And reconstructed many times over the years, each iteration of Calmia was slightly different. But only Halsey was able to discern the subtle changes in each revision. Halsey activated Calmia's failsafe protocol during the Fall of Reach and destroyed her. Though through the, here's here's the part I was talking about from falls, Fall of Reach guys. Though subroutines and independent processes still haunt the hallways of Castle Base's surviving data cores. So basically, Whoa. you know, she was used as like a beta test for Cortana. Yeah. So she was treated less like I'm not saying Cortana was necessarily treated like a person, but she was treated less like a person. She made Calmia. She like decompiled, tore her apart, added things, changed things, and every time she did that, it created a new version of Calmia. So there could have been like seventy Calmias, and that's a lot of. She Kalmia. ended up. That's a lot. That's a lot, Calmia. <laughs> but then she. Uh, but then she destroyed Kalmia as Reach was falling, but it says here, and like you'll see this in the Fall of Reach novel. Tell not Fall of Reach novel, sorry. Me Shadows me of Reach novel. Those subroutines... Um, and independent processes still haunt the hallways of Castle. So she's still. It's kind of neat because you look at this picture of her. She's like this creepy looking green AI. Yeah. And she's still haunting castle base. That's pretty badass. Like, sad, that pretty, but it, it's it's cool. sad, but haunting.
1: It it's cool. But it is cool. Yeah, it's she's it the
0: sacrifice cool. to get Cortana to where she is. Man. It's so, a
1: bummer so, though. So technically,
0: like, the weapon is the little sister of three, you know? Yeah. Which
1: is kind of cool. It'd be nice if they could explore. I mean. And they could explore some of these places that are covered in the books, <laughs> so you could get that. You know, you could maybe yeah. see that run into. Yo,
0: I like, I love to see like a Calmia like, f- like floating in a hallway haunting you, like with yeah. green like eyes, she gets in your it. ear, and she's like, "Little
1: bitch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta say you... too. Uh, there's another section I wanted to talk about. This is just a quick blurb to read. Okay, but for you guys who are like me, do not know as much of the lore as Brian does. As a lot of you guys listening to do. Uh, th- one of the great things about this book, too, is that it has pretty much... The whole book is essentially a TLDR of every event and every book, every comic, every game. Yeah. So you're really getting the meaty meat of it. You know, It's essentially like a physical wiki article on something. And one of the things I love the most about this when I was first really digging into it was the bit on Forerunner history. This is on page 312, Brian. You don't have to turn okay. to it, though. But this section in particular is something I'm assuming comes through... The three Greg Bear novels, and I, I know a little bit of it did from what I read of it, but I'm going to read this. Uh, and again, for you guys that don't know, before the Forerunners, we had precursors and shit. So a lot of, lot of crazy history. It says, in the beginning, created by the precursors, the Forerunners were seeded on the world Jibalb. I might be mispronouncing that. 15 million years ago, they developed at an extraordinary rate, prominently establishing themselves across 12-star systems. Learning the tenets of the mantle of responsibility from the Precursors, the Forerunners desired to serve the same purpose, but came to discover that their makers had passed over them and chosen humanity as their inheritors. The, the antipathy seated in the hearts of the Forerunners due to this choice ultimately drove them to betray and attack the Precursors when some of, some of their number believed that the creators were intending to wipe them out. Pursuing the Precursors into the neighboring galaxy, Path Kathona. The Forerunners systematically exterminated their makers. Many warriors who executed this order, weighed down by their guilt, refused to return home. After a brief and violent mutiny, those who survived settled on an isolated world they called Sidaro, stripping themselves of their weapons and their shameful past. So, there's so much more to that, but I just wanted to read that to say, like, even though I read a bit of the Forerunner stuff, I didn't even, like, get that. You know, so much is told... All around in pieces, and just getting the TLDR strip of it is fucking cool. I was in my mind's eye. I love that yeah. shit, and it's amazing. Cause uh, I remember Brian telling me about Forerunner stuff way back, and I was like, Forerunner what? And I was like, Oh, that's you mean like the the shit we see in all the bungee games and stuff, the architecture. And he's like, Yeah, but then he, he's like, What do you know the people? And I'm like, Nothing. And he tells me, and then he starts telling me about the precursors and stuff. I'm like, the precursors, <laughs> you know, and it just keeps going. It's like, where does yeah. it stop? How but, deep
0: is a rabbit hole?
1: Yeah. It, but that's fucking fascinating to me. I love hearing that shit.
0: Yeah. Cause so you basically, you have like the precursors were the original beans. Of the universe, right? They're they're sentient, meaning they don't really take form. They're just kind of everywhere all at once, like the movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, <Great> the, movie. <laughs> the the precursors created the forerunners and humanity, as well as everything else in the universe. Yeah. But they intended for humanity to to take over, and the forerunners thought uh-huh. that was like a. Th- they're like, no, that that kind of seems like a threat. Like maybe they're going to let humanity take over, and then they're going to exterminate us. So. The forerunners turned on the precursors and decided to exterminate them. And the weird thing is, is like the pre- even though the precursors created them, and you think the precursors would be more powerful, the precursors weren't used to violence. They didn't really understand what was going on. Like they didn't really understand like how to fight back. And um, of course, this all leads to you know the stuff that probably a lot of you already know that the uh, the flood is is basically like precursors that have. That have like distilled themselves into, like infectious dust that became See? the flood. <laughs> Mind being and boring. then, and then and then like in the in the four hundred novels there's the there's the primordial which is the last living precursor. Isn't that an Evanescence album? <laughs> I don't think so. so. I'm gonna look that up while you're talking. What which which part? A primordial. The primordial. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, the primordial is basically the, the last precursor. Its consciousness is what continues to live throughout the Flood and the grave minds in every game. Um, so, oh, like, I'm sorry. That's, a, re- that's an Irish uh, metal band. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Okay>. continue. <laughs> um, so, the only, the only reason, like, you know, the reason that the, the whole Flood conflict exists is because of the Forerunners turning on the precursors. Turning on, Yeah,
1: the see, that stuff's fascinating to me. And yeah. Getting it in that context for my and small it, brain is really nice
0: it really makes you wonder, like, about the Harbinger. Give you something to think about, but, doesn't it? Gives you something to think about the Zalanin. We'll quick. <laughs> I love you for that. Continue, bro. Um, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> with the Zalanin, it's like, what are they, right? Because, like, part of me wants to say the Zalanin are precursors because mm-hmm. the Zalanin aren't affected by the Halo rings. They say that the Forerunners, they know that the Forerunners were never supposed to take over. And they can manipulate time and the 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 precursor the precursor the primordial was the timeless one so there's a lot of time like, ooh that's interesting connect- i never even thought of that yeah wow. so it seems like so either either they are precursors or the precursors either like created the zalanin as some like way to enact their vengeance in other ways i don't know it's weird How would though, you feel like, why would they were the precursors and- i'd like it i'd love that i'd like it i'd, love I'd like that. it because my thing is my thing is is I always pictured what the Forerunners would be like. Yeah. And then when they revealed them... Truth be told, I actually liked Didact and Librarian, but the Prometheans, the robotic s- part of the Forerunners, I didn't like at all. So for them to bring in the Precursors and have them be like organic beings like the Harbinger is actually pretty exciting to me. Because I think the Harbinger's a really well-designed enemy. You know, like organic alien enemy. Hell yeah. That I that I really enjoy. Oh um, yeah. Okay, Josh, we're getting... We're gonna do just a couple more things and we'll uh we'll get into uh, wrapping up with the business. Busy but business. Yeah. I was gonna read about the arbiter's blurb because oh, the arbiter, yeah. you know. What page kn- is that on? That's uh two fifty. Two Two fifty. That's how much you need for a little Debbie. Two dollars
1: and fifty cents. Okay.
0: Oh, Says, wait, that's $3. 50. <laughs> well. On. Uh, once a devoted Covenant warrior fell Vatami's pursuit of human ves- a human vessel during the invasion of Reach. Would lead to the discovery and shameful destruction of Alpha Halo, spared execution by the contrivances of the high prophets. Vadame was appointed as arbiter and sent first to eliminate a sect of heretics, and then to retrieve the sacred icon, ah! the newly discovered Delta Halo. It was there that the arbiter was betrayed by truth, and in the clutches of the grave mind, he learned that the covenant was based on inter- misinterpretations and lies. After forging an alliance with the humans, he led a band of rebels Sanghili against the covenant. During the Great Great Schism, helping crush the, his former allies and bring an end to the war, returning to Sanghelios, the Arbiter fought to restore peace amid a fierce civil war that had taken hold on his homeworld. As a leader of the Swords of Sanghelios, he has drawn many under a banner of peace. You know, it just gets me thinking about like how, as much as like Halo to all of us is like. Master Chief, and the UNSC, and Forerunner architecture and stuff. Yeah. I can't imagine how much less Halo would be without the Arbiter and his story. Like, he's such a huge part of why this, I you know, know, man. this franchise I know. is I honestly, what it is. I know, man.
1: I have so much love for him, but I feel like he's been largely shoved in the background, unfortunately, in the 343 yeah, I era. I
0: think, for Halo 5, I think they really gave him plenty of spotlight.
1: Personally. I mean, for I Halo think 5. I think in a way, but at the same time, I'm like, man, this was a playable character for, like, two games. Two of the yeah. biggest games. So, like, it kind of, it's kind of just in a too way.
0: much. You know, there's just too much to do. Like, there's just too many different things. No, that's to. true,
1: and you can only do so much. in such a limited yeah. space, and, and I mean, I yeah, I do appreciate that they at least included them in there, and in the Halo Two anniversary, they had those cutscenes that, even though most people don't like, it was him there talking a lot, which was cool.
0: But You know, as a yeah. as an overall thing for this Halo Encyclopedia, one thing I'll say I, I love about I I'd, I'd say the, the biggest compliment I can give this Halo Encyclopedia mm-hmm. is it does such an amazing job of tying together all the threads across all of the games and books and media yeah. to make it to make it feel like it was all planned. You know what I mean? Like you no, know does. none of this was planned. Yeah. But like
1: No, there's just, so much history. Yep. I mean for you guys who haven't even like looked at this yet, it goes through like section by section of each like species you you start with humanity you go into like um you go into like the covenant you go into the flood banished you know forerunners I mean it goes section by section and you get introductions on the characters the worlds the timelines like course of events and stuff like that um it, it's fucking cool and then they get into obviously all the weapons the vehicles everything you can imagine has a description and has an image. And, I mean, it's nice. So you get that point of reference. And, you know, like, if I'm reading a book, if I'm ever reading another Halo book, you know, they mention something, I can always flip open this, look in the index, and get yeah. a picture for a frame of reference. Josh,
0: while you, were, struggle with that. <laughs> while you were talking, I found one of the... I said there was, like, at least three locations where it kind of talked about that Cortana stuff. I found the second one. Okay. Uh, page 351 in the Zeta Halo section. 351. Under, get time yeah, in the 351. sun. 351 under the relocation uh, banner or tagline at the top. Mm, okay, it? I see it. it. says, After the unwitting awakening of the Didact in 2557, the AI known as Cortana, while on the verge of rampancy, sacrificed herself in order to ensure the Forerunner's defeat. She then found her way into the domain, where she proceeded to activate Guardians and impose her uh, monomanical rule over civilizations in the galaxy. She quickly took control of Zeta Halo, intending to use it as a central base of operations, largely due to its unique capabilities compared to the other installations in the array, when the ring was descended upon by both banished and human forces. The ensuing conflict resulted in Cortana self destructing at the installation's auditorium, while simultaneously initiating an emergency slipspace relocation to move installation 07 from its existing position to unknown coordinates. These combined actions created incredible stress on Halo's subculture. Substructure, sorry. You're good. Breaking apart a significant section of the ring, and requiring immediate attention to and repair efforts on its surface, humanity battled the b- banished for control, recognizing the threat the installation posed if it fell into their enemy's hands. So I just like again how it touches on the beginning there, like the yeah, AI noticed Cortana while on the verge of rampancy. You know she was just about to go rampant. No, and it's, I think it's, it's, I think fight, that's you know. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. When you, you fight Daidac; she's just about to go rampant, on the verge of rampancy. Sacrifice herself. And then she's rampant with the domain behind her, you know, as a as a powerful thing to help her continue her rampant escapades.
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the things this do, actually does best is gives you a little more context into like some of the stuff that was going on with her in Halo Five, and then in between that and Infinite, because I think one of the biggest complaints about Infinite, one that I shared, was that all Cortana stuff is in the background of the story. Like, yes, it plays a, yeah. a, an important part, but it's very much like in the background. It happens off screen. So this gives a little bit more context to all that stuff that kind of goes on and not in an overwhelming way. So I really love that. And it does not different See, there's,
0: sections. There's lots more I'd like to read here, guys, but I'm not going to go through it all just because there's just so much. will have to do a part guys, two
1: sometime because this is pretty fun.
0: Yeah, definitely fun. get it. I mean, it touches on the didact here, the librarian, um, the isodidact, which I think is one of the most fascinating, probably to me is the most fascinating foreigner character because the isodidact is... He was a car. He was a foreigner named Bornstellar. Oh, his actual full name is Bornstellar. Makes Eternal Lasting, but everyone just kind of calls him Bornstellar for short. But he uh, he was a foreigner that ended up mutating into the Didact, but a Didact that was good, a Didact that wasn't evil. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the Didact that's that set off the Halo array. This is the Didact that um, when three four three Guilty Spark is talking to you when Halo Combat Evolved, and he and, and he's talking to Master Chief, and he's saying, you know. Last time you asked me would I do, it would I light the rings? He thinks he thinks he's talking to the ISO didact. It's that's just fascinating. I absolutely love that. The ISO
1: didact's ten foot ten.
0: Holy yeah, he's shorter shit. than the than the original didact though. Oh shit! Master
1: one. builder's eleven nine.
0: God uh, damn! Original didact's like twelve nine, dude. Jesus Christ! Um,
1: you what get images.
0: You get images of medican bias in here, offensive bias. Oh, oh Josh. Okay. My God. This, I got something else I want to touch the reluctant on The builders,
1: 12 foot 3. God damn. This shit's some Lovecraftian dudes. Uh, what's up? Go, go, go to 375. You should be close 375.
0: to 375.
1: I'm feeling alive. Okay. What's
0: up? Okay. So there's this huge picture on the left mm-hmm. of this. It looks kind of like a Guardian, but it's not. Okay. Um, so this is called... This is Abaddon. So I'm going to read about this real Ooh, okay. quick. I know we're going to wrap this up soon. Um, little is known regarding the origins of the intelligence called Abaddon. Appearing in a form conventionally assumed to be akin to a precursor cursor Ancilla, so let me describe what that is. You remember what Ancilla is, Josh?
1: Yep, I do remember an Ancilla. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, so the precursors had Ancillas. Ancilla is basically Cortana. It's an AI, mm-hmm. their own AI. So, this Abaddon uh, is is a precursor AI. It says Abaddon manifested as the protector of the domain, charged with overseeing the arcane knowledge network to unclear ends. Massive, radiant, and nigh-incomprehensible, the indigo luminescent being was left in compromised state following the firing of the Halo Array, which severely damaged the domain and its interference or interface network framework, sorry, prompting Good Abaddon right. to seek both recompense for the damage done and a viable neurogenetic template from which to revive and restore the repository. Abaddon was confronted by a group of forerunners seeking to aid in the domain's resurrection, as well as their own solemn journey out of Path Tullgreath and into the great beyond. After a brief conflict, a foreigner life worker named Growth Through Trial of Change sacrificed herself successfully uh, to successfully begin the domain's healing process. So, mm. the only reason I really brought up Abaddon is because if you see this this uh, precursor AI, mm-hmm. it basically looks like a, a guardian.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I can see that. Like that was my first thought when I flipped over to it,
0: yeah. It looks like the foreigners built the guardians based on what they know of Abaddon. It's oh, pretty that's unique. fascinating. It's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Gives me something um, to think about. Gives me something to think about, Josh. Man, good ass book, though. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to just it's hard to put this thing down because there's so much there. I would definitely recommend it, guys. Um, go pick it up. You can. I mean, if you go to a store, like I went to the bookstore where you know it's always going to be more expensive. It's about fifty bucks for this bad boy, but that's why I say go to Amazon. Thirty three dollars. Yeah, and if we
1: sound like shills, by the way, uh, we we're not. We do it's not. We're well, paid to sponsor this. If this something. was one of those
0: like the, crappy books ahead. that they just shoved out to make money. I would have told you guys.
1: Yeah, and honestly, like at first, I had the collector's edition uh, pre-ordered, and then I got some like weird delay issue. So I was like, fuck it. I was so annoyed. I was like, I'll just cancel it. And then yeah. I canceled it. I wasn't gonna buy it. And then Brian was like, at the time, he just wasn't really interested. And then I got it like a month ago. Brian got it just like a week or two ago. And, yeah, it's fucking good, man.
0: Well, because I started, what happened is I saw it at Walmart. I picked it up and I read a couple pages. And I'm like, holy shit, this is way better than I thought it would be. So I, I went and had to, I had to go buy it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Josh, so let me go into the business real quick. Oh, take us into the business, baby. Shout out to our patrons. Uh, yeah, so first, guys, if you want to support us monetarily in any way, even as low as a dollar, just go to Patreon.com slash Sacred Icon. We'd appreciate that. We'd love you guys for that. Um, if you want to leave an email or a uh, voice clip, send that to Sacred at gmail.com. If you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is at Jedi Knight Joshy. If Woo. you want to follow me, I am at Brian's Bane. She. And you can find Sacred Icon at Sacred Icon Pod anytime. Baba um, come join our Discord. We're in there all the time. Discuss with us. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Josh, before we get into reading off our patrons, you got a review for us? I do. I do. I put in the Discord that
1: I was sad that we hadn't received one all month. And our buddy... I might be mispronouncing this. I'm so sorry if I am. Vincio came through for us. But the name... I love the name reads as Dildo Mancus. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's five stars to Sacred Icon Review by Vincio. So thank you in advance. Sacred Icon Podcast. The best way to describe this is to explain how it feels when listening. Imagine yourself out in the middle of the woods, or even in your mom's basement. Just you and a couple of your buddies chatting away about work, school, Roland, Halo! A conversation that is so seamless and goes on for hours. A conversation that you will always remember and cherish until the end of time. That's what this podcast is. Sacred Icon is ran by two amazing and awesome people, Jovial Joshua Hargis and Brian Arvett. These guys have a way of making you feel like you are there with them, laughing away the nonsense that makes so little sense that it makes perfect sense. Although the name may be misleading as it's a Halo reference, these gentlemen will talk about a variety of topics and has something for everyone. Personally, I've been listening to them for God knows how long at this point. I just know that I will always look forward to their next episode. It's my favorite way to pass the time at a dreadful day of work, and I hope that whomever reads this will give them a listen, subscribe to their Patreon, and enjoy it just as much as I do. Vincio.
0: Wow, dude, that was an outstanding review. Wow. Damn. He he um, fucking brought it. To like to say that, you know, we're like the bright spot of a work day and that you look forward to this. Um, dude, I I, I mean, we we never imagined we'd have any kind of like pseudo show or anything where people would listen to us and to know we have so many people, and, like yourself, listening is amazing. The only thing is, you mentioned Roland, which might really deter people <laughs> from wanting to listen. But uh, thank you so much, yeah. seriously. Thank you uh, for
1: that, dude. You really came through clutch. And, I mean, it just means a lot hearing what you actually had to say, putting your own DNA on.
0: Every that. time someone leaves a comment like that, it gives us energy to do two, three more episodes.
1: So, it really does. It really yeah. does. So, no, thank you so much, and, and thanks for all you said. It, we love hearing that people uh, how people listen to us, whether it's driving or... You know, you're at work or you're sitting down, you're playing Halo, you know. I always just figured, you know, because I listen to podcasts while I work, I don't really listen to them otherwise, but um, hearing you guys, all the different ways you listen to us, it's really cool. And I've seen pictures sometimes you guys post of, like, Sacred Icon podcast in the car or something like that.
0: Yeah. And it's like, that's
1: fucking neat, man. So, hey, thank you. It's weird to
0: think, like, our voice is in, like, you know, different states, different countries even. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's bizarre. I love it. Like, someone's probably, like, you know, who knows what kind of job they're doing? They could be... Plunging the toilet while listening to us in like Hell freaking yeah, plunge Hawaii. Plunge that
1: shit. Yeah, <laughs> we're right there with you, man. We're going. We're in the shitter together.
0: Yeah, you're not yeah. alone. <laughs> oh, but thanks so much. Seriously. Yeah, thank you so that. much. Seriously, oh my god, uh, guys, if you ever le- want to leave a review, um just we'll we'll read it off. You know, leave a five star review. You can say whatever you want. You can be like, these guys suck ass. As long as there's five stars, because <laughs> that's how the Twi- iTunes algorithm works. The the words don't matter as much as the stars. No, so. Um gosh, I'm gonna go blaze blue fast like Sonic through these uh patron shout outs so hey, keep Sonic, up with get me. If, if you don't, I'm gonna leave you in the dust. You know how it is. Oh, another one by So the first dust. it's gonna be me. So first for our patrons, we have Agira. Thank you so much for your support. Agira, love the name. Lisa McCreary. Lisa, I love you so much. Sparkies, who was on the uh, episode with us, go back Sparkies. and listen to us listen to us talk to him. Great. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. We got the sequel to um what's it called hocus pocus it's hocus, hocus locus. locus yeah you got it you got it we have the hot topic edge lord of them all dark chaos 580 thank you so much <laughs> i love much. the name blind valkyrie she's so nice you think about her twice appreciate it <laughs> she's so great thank you next we have william green must be a nice dude my pastor's last name's green William thank green love you. the name kevin benson episode 99 go check him out thank you and he just oh he sent me an image recently he got a fucking legendary tattoo bro i saw that dude. yeah that was badass fucking dope yeah dude that was badass uh, next, we got a sacred staple, Albino. Love that dude. He's Bino always, so always in there with Athesian. We got Super. I. Irving TV, always keeping it positive, keeping it sacred. Love that dude. Love his bo- vibes, so
1: love his voice. I can't speak.
0: Next, we got <laughs> I'm like a Jason Bird and I'm true. There it is, guys. It's back. Cool. I, I got but You know what else is one. true? The stank in this room from AJ's Dank. <laughs> but no, he's actually very, very good smelling. Uh, next, we have the sequel to fallout 76 which is coming 20 years from now fallout 152 thank you so much <laughs> hell yeah that. thank you thank you josh is up with a little menadeus menadeus
1: oh, menadeus 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 oh oh me yo oh my god you got brian looks like he's busting a gut right now Bust, uh, b- <laughs> i was just like nut. if i can make
0: a weird enough face for josh oh. to be completely caught off guard oh like, what you it's
1: tough i was staring at it the whole time that was bizarre <laughs> that was truly got. bizarre
0: yeah. Ian Rucker DeRuck, Ruck, thank you so De much. The fuck, the Ruck. The fuck, it's the Ruck. Next we got, he's a rebel, he's a saint. Shit, Shit rebel. rebel. Next we have ascending from the ashes, born, born anew. Irish Phoenix. Phoenix, thank you so much. Uh, man, if you're ever on the show, Irish Phoenix, that would be the title of the episode. Ascending from the ashes, <laughs> born anew. Uh, next we got not the cool shark, not the dope shark, but the lame, lame shark. He's cooler shark. than them all. Next, we have every time I'm at the club, I'm doing the DAV, not the DAB. Damn. Thank you so I said that much. The other day, dude, DAV, if you're listening, bro, I was
1: talking about the DAB, and I literally said the dab because I've just come to like think of that first. Hey,
0: it's it's what's in these days. <laughs> That's right, new generation. <laughs> Next, we got Kevin Nelson, who's who just crossed the 101 yard line. <laughs> Kevin, 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 with those speedy feet, man. Keep
1: on Did going. you Catch that, Josh.
0: Yeah. Yes. Because there is no, you know... Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we have Eric Milligan. I thought of you the other day because I was at a game store and they had a PS1 copy of a football game and I was like, i would use a mulligan in that game. It'd be good. <laughs> Eric, thank you. So next we have the sexy mofo, Jared Hartley. You know, the funny thing it. is, if Jared listens to this, he probably wonders, why is my thing that I'm sexy? Because there's really no like, basis for, like, man, why but you're you calling take, me that. A,
1: you, you've taken such great selfies, man. And you got the peace sign up and stuff like that. And you got those good vibes, the good energy, in the aura. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, next we have our mods, Small Print TV, Aaron and Preyanchu, who are also patron supporters. We love you. Love Thank those you so guys. much. Couldn't do it without you. Couldn't do it without them. Oh, they bring so much energy. Next we have, that was really nice, Josh. That was so good. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, next we have the reason that Halo Infinite isn't content complete. There's no dual wielded pistols to do, uh, to be to do 1v1. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Cameron88 for, for hanging around anyways. Yeah. Thank you. Next we have Colton Pittman who says, you know, I want to play football, but I, I don't want it to be a pig skin. I want it to be made of elephant ears.
1: Nice. Nice. We're going Dumbo style. Dumbo, uh, it's a Dumbo football. football. Nice. Okay.
0: Hey, thank you, man. Josh is like, I don't know where you got that. All <laughs> yeah. well, right, buddy. I am just trying too hard. Next we have the OG Sacred Staple, Rodan. Rodan. Who says, you know, put me some waffles down and butter my waffles. And I said, okay, I will. Thank Hell you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you, butter butter my waffles. up. next we have our friend, uh, David Wyant, goes by her, back. and created bingo for Sacred Icon. Thank yeah, you so much. Find that picture. Josh, hit me up with the AC DC outlaw. a <laughs> Boom, Don't forget to like and subscribe. (laughs) Like and subscribe. That was good. I like that. Uh, Next, we got Descending from His Butthole Web, Caleb Webster. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Next, we got Chris Greco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Oh, one more time, Brian. Next, we got Chris Greco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Boom. (laughs) Next, we have the sequel to Christopher Columbus's worst film of all time, Pixel Freaks, ah. which is a much better film. Thank you so hell yeah, much. Hell yeah. 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we got our boy. Love hearing from him. He was sending me some goofy Snapchat stuff the other day. It's Tony. Thank you, Tony. Oh, was it? Was it the ones where he
1: had filters on? Yeah. Okay, he sent them to me, too, and I told him. I was like, I got to show Brian this. That just reminded me. Yeah, okay, yeah. You've I totally seen them. them. They were great. Thank, Thank you yeah, so love much, Tony. Uh,
0: next, we have, you know, he's the King Grunt. And the reason he's the King Grunt is because he's the only one that was able to rise above the darkness of the kingdom. Why was the kingdom dark, you say? Well, that's because Ares 0430 was standing above the <laughs> kingdom. Man, Brian always keeps that original with that. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, both <laughs> of you. Thank you, guys. Uh, next we got, not the Phantom Menace, the Montana, Montana. Menace. Montana. I think the Montana Menace would look like it like um, Darth Maul, but instead of red, it'd be green and black. Yeah, and has the nicest. Montana Menace. Oh, very nice. Next, we have the Green Plumber goes by. Fucking Ouija. Thank you so much. Love that dude. He's going to be on the podcast with us soon. I'm we're not gonna, sure how soon. We're, we're trying to we figure it out the schedule. We almost got him this week, but we didn't have the same days off. Just a matter uh, of time. Next, we got the guy who makes Josh look oh so pathetic. It's Joshie Big Boy. Joshie Big Boy. <laughs> Joshie Big Boy. I like that Josh just takes it every week for me when I'm. Joshie Big I'll just take it on chill. Joshie Big Boy. Next, we have the biggest NASCAR Thunder 2003 enthusiast. It's Ryan Barkle. Hell yeah, Ryan Barkle. Thank you so much for your support, man. We got Dustin Mandre, Dustin Mandre. We got Anthony Nicolosi from KO Qual Entertainment. Thank you.
1: Yeah, waiting for Agora.
0: We got Corey Hanks. Love hearing from that dude. I hope you get to play Bless. co-op soon with your buddy. Um, we got from Oni Nightwire. It is Brent Oni, Brent Oni. We have dropping in from the ceiling with that ODST Chili Drop Pod.
1: MH Cosplay, MH Cosplay. Doing a ton of cosplaying work. That guy has been oh, busy.
0: He's a He's busy working for boy. The weekend, you can say, "What's that?" Can you sing that for me, Josh? Working for the weekend. Can you sing that? For
1: Everybody me? working for the weekend.
0: There we go. What's that one? What's the one chick who sings in the Goonies? That I, every oh, time I hear her. Good yeah. enough
1: for you is good enough. Oh,
0: <laughs> man, I love that shit. That's my favorite uh, movie of all
1: time, it's baby. His favorite Movie of all time, the Goonies. We gotta do yes. a Goonies podcast. We gotta do day. a Goonies one sometime.
0: My mom, get this, dude. So my one of my dad's favorite movies, like top five, maybe top. Might be top two is Goonies. I think, I think his favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. So okay, I think that's a Goonies great pick two. That's a great pick. Yeah. But my mom is disgusted by Goony, Goonies <gasps> because, because my locked. dad has watched it dozens it and dozens. It burned her out. And dozens Okay, I got you. She I cannot it. I was like, is there something anymore. in the movie? And I was like, please don't say like, slaw. Like, no, there's like nothing she would rather. Watch. Although
1: if she said if it was, she can't watch it because she's disgusted by the Fratellis, then I'd be like, I understand. They're horrible uh, people. You
0: no, what's, what's funny, dude? I, I, I'm going to tell the story <laughs> real quick. I, it probably won't be as funny as like living in the moment. So like, okay, okay, I just got to tell the story. Right okay. There. Okay, so we were going to join, me, my mom, and my dad were going to join this church. This was like six, seven years ago. I don't okay. know how long ago. And to join the church, there's a part where you all sit in a circle. and sacred circle? The, a sacred circle. And the 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 elder from the church, he said he was going to talk. He was going to say, everybody spend two minutes tell us about yourself, your faith journey and why you're here, right? So he does it, it goes over to the next person, goes over to the next person, goes to the next person. It gets to the woman right beside me and she's you know every every each person just telling their 2-minute story, it gets to sure. the person right beside, beside me and the woman right beside me, she starts breaking down crying and goes on for like 10 minutes about her whole life story. Okay. And I'm the one who has to follow her up and I'm like thank thank you, thank you for this. Thanks a lot. Thanks. And then so she so she gets done I put on a good face, and I just do my quick two minutes, and I'm like, all right, crisis diverted, uh, crisis diverted, and then I go, it goes past me, and the next person's my mom, my mom starts crying, <laughs> and she starts telling her story and crying, Yeah. and uh, so then, like, we got out of there, and mom was embarrassed, and after we reassured her, everything was fine. I, I told I told her, I said, Well you're basically you know, you're basically just like, you know, chunk from the Goonies where he's like, and then when I was five, I puked and it got all over everyone and they started puking. And I said that and my dad died of laughter. So even <laughs> and years they later. Me out! Yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even years later, if my mom ever shares more information than she needs to, it'd we'll be like, and then I puked, and then we just start imitating Chunk to her. Oh, I love so, that scene so. Uh, much. it's an arbet thing. put his
1: hand in the blender. He's like, "No, I'm too young." Yeah,
0: yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, Next we got Ian Big Dog Mills, the esports. Game. Ian is killing it,
1: dude. It is. He met Xavier Woods
0: of WWE fame recently. I saw it that. is insane. I saw that. Wow. Next we got the meme lord, the spicy meme lord, Botton. Next we got K and Nick who says yeah the podcast is quality I I I'll support it <laughs> thank you K thank you so much next we have the guy who is hurting the population of the planet by taking all the women for himself Trevor Polky. Trevor Polky, so yeah <laughs> um, next we have the OG Wand Division the superior version the, the ship please Shipley. thank you so much for your support we have our second longest running supporter the OG Halo podcaster, Dusto. Dusto! Thank you so much for that. And we
1: have, finally, Josh... The man who saw Justice League and knew and needed more. Right through your front door, ladies and gentlemen. Here's some more. Matthew Salvatore! Mm, love that dude. All right, guys.
0: Boom, boom. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. Make sure you check out that Halo Encyclopedia because it is dope as hell. It's so good. We love it. We love it. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Come back... Tell us what you think. Hang around. I'm going to extend this as long as I can. <laughs> I you, guys like, you, <laughs> you guys are wondering when it's going to be over. You're thinking to yourself. I know where kids but tell me, Brian.
1: Where end? That's what happened.
0: Did? That's what I always say to some, I say to my, like, I, I when I want to make fun of somebody, like, somebody who's not struggling with weight, I'm not going to be an actual dick. So, I, like, someone who's skinny, I'll be like they'll be eating or something or and and they'll eat like a piece of pizza or something yeah, like piece me. Of pizza I'll be like I'll be. I know where it starts but tell me where is it ends you going to eat a whole piece of yeah I'll be you're like going to eat two pizzas?
1: I'll be over at Brian's and I I will I'll be like man what time are we going to Wendy's dude I'm I'm, I'm famished I haven't eaten in like 24 hours dude he's like I bet you haven't eaten fat, saving up for one big meal pop belly boy aren't you I bet you hungry you going to get a baconator you going to get a double stacked and I just look, look at him sides? dude I and I, I can remember Justin doing it too and you just Justin and I would just sit there at different points, just like fuck you, Brian.
0: Fuck you. Dude. <laughs> yeah, but I just I know like on a slightly different note, I know like I'll listen to a podcast while I'm at work, and it's coming to an end, and I'm like, guys, come on, talk longer. I am not done at work yet, and I and I'll, I'll I'll see the I'll see the timer on the podcast, and I'll yeah. be like, huh, they're saying goodbye, but there's still five minutes left. Maybe maybe they talk about something else. So dude, that's was, what I'm doing for you guys. It right was now. funny <laughs> uh, when
1: I re listened to the uh, the comment evolved retrospective thing we did, and it's like. With 45 minutes left, you're like, okay, guys, uh, we're going to head into our final scores. And I'm like, Brian, what about the multiplayer? We should
0: talk some multiplayer. <laughs> there's yeah. 45 minutes left, more stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we hope this got you through your commute or your work shift or whatever. And if not, hopefully there's another episode for you to listen to, listen to by now. But if you're like me, you're probably on it immediately and you're all caught up and this sucks. But, you know, we love, <laughs> love you guys. It, guys. Thank you so much. And as always, keep it sacred.